I've known Pastor Jimmy now for almost, man, wow, 19 years, 19 years. I don't know if you've known me for 19 years, but I've known you for 19 years. He uh, was the campus pastor of Lee University for what, 17 years you said? Which I know spanned the years of 2004 through 2008. Uh, I graduated in 2008. Now, many of you know, I've talked about this before. I love to collect Bibles. This is my main Bible uh, that I preach and read and, and, and study from. This is an NLT, uh, New Living Translation Bible. It's published by Schuyler. This is, the cover is called Marbled Mahogany Calfskin. It's got French milled paper in it. I, uh, I'm not going to tell you how much I pay for this Bible because I'm embarrassed, and I'm even more embarrassed that I own multiple copies of these types of Bibles. But I like Bibles. I buy expensive Bibles uh, because it's a curse. It's a curse, right? Yeah. However, that is not, this is not the most expensive Bible I own. This is the most expensive Bible I own by far. This is the Bible that was given to me as I graduated with my pastoral ministries degree. And by the way, I know it is shocking. I do have a degree in pastoral ministries. Most people are like, are you, do you know what you're doing? And ultimately, I don't. But nonetheless, this is the most expensive Bible I have. I'm not going to tell you how much this Bible costs me because I don't really know and I don't want to know. I don't want to remember but on the inside of the Bible, it is signed uh, by Paul Kahn, who was the president at that time of Lee University. But as I received this Bible on the date of my graduation and began to look through it, there was a card in here. And I've kept this card for all the years since I graduated in 2008. And it's from James E. Harper, Jr., Doctorate of Ministry, Campus Pastor. And Pastor Jimmy Harper put his card in there. And on the back of it, he said, I'm proud of you. Stay in touch. And then he wrote Colossians 3.23. Now, as I received this and I looked through the Bible after graduating, I looked to my friend Adam and I said, hey, man, did Pastor Jimmy, what's your card say? And he said, I didn't, I didn't get a card in my Bible. At which point I was like, Yeah. That's what's up. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm the only one. <laughs> In his 17 years of, of being the campus pastor of Lee, and I, obviously I know better than that. I'm, I'm aware that that's not an even possible reality. But at my time at Lee, Pastor Jimmy was always a consistent source of kindness and encouragement. And when you travel like I did, uh, 300, 400 miles away from your home and you don't really have family that is able to help you or be there for you. And when you walk onto a campus where you literally know no one, to have people who, even though they may not realize it when they do so, they begin to speak small things into your life, little things into your life, little nuggets of love, little nuggets of encouragement, throughout your time together, uh, I, I, I noticed and it mattered to me and it still matters to me. And so today it is my absolute honor to welcome Pastor Jimmy Harper to Lifehouse Church to bring the word for us today.
Pastor Drew, I'm still proud of you. Such a crybaby sometimes. Um, there are a few folks that come through Lee that you just sense that God has a plan. And I put that card in your Bible because I knew God had a plan for you. In fact, as I stood over for worship today, I couldn't help but feel as the Holy Spirit welled up within me. That this church is in a time of transition. You're transitioning to something greater that God has for you. You're transitioning for a time of impact. In fact, I kept hearing and seeing in my heart this morning that you're preparing for an explosion of God's grace and his mercy that will be resident here but not just here it will permeate the community and the surrounding areas because you're open you're available you're willing you're ready I didn't come say any of this this morning pastor but I can't help but say what God's placed in my heart before I get into the word this morning I just had to tell you God's getting ready he's getting ready to change your trajectory He's getting ready to move you to a place that you've not been before. He's getting ready to move you to a place that he will show you and lead you. Because he has chosen you as a part of this community to reach out and to make a difference and to make an impact. And for that, we give God praise this morning. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Pastor. Well, I want you to know that I'm not visiting today. Um, I was here Friday night, and so I'm just part of the family now, right? And then I was here Saturday, so that certainly means that I'm part of the family now. And this is my third time at the church in three days, so I'm just one of, one, one of you today, amen? just one of you I uh, I do want to speak for a few minutes this morning on two particular words but God but God and if you will turn to Acts the seventh chapter I'll be reading verses 9 and 10 in just a couple of minutes 
But as I get started this morning, I want you to uh, just endure for a couple of minutes because I have a, a song that I want to sing with you. And uh, this song has been very powerful in my life. It's an old song, probably because I'm old. But it's a song that helps me kind of explain where I'm going this morning. The song is entitled, Through It All, because I've learned to depend on God through it all. Amen. I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There have been times I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave blessed consolation that my trials come to only make me strong. Oh, through it all. I've learned to trust in God through it all, through it all. I've learned to depend upon His Word. Well, I thank God for the mountains, and I thank Him for the valleys, for every single storm He's brought me through. If I'd never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in God could do. Sing it with me now. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. I sing that song this morning is because I think there are times in life that we just don't know what's going on. There are times that we don't understand what's happening around us, that we don't really understand how life is affecting us. We have a difficult time really understanding what's, what's, what's happening to us. Lots of times that we really don't understand what to do in life. There are times when nothing seems to make sense, when 
we can't win for losing, times that we're very confused about a lot of different things, maybe times when we can't seem to understand what's going on, or, or times when we question our faith, times when we feel like God's forgotten about us maybe, or, or even times when we're ready to give up, times when we don't even know where to turn for our help. And let me be clear this morning, we will all go through those times. If you're not going through them now, if you've not been through them at some point in your life, you will go through times when you just don't quite understand. Last few months have been somewhat trying for my wife and I and for our families. Just a a few months ago, her mother passed away. She had Alzheimer's and it was a, a, a rough decline over the last two to three months times that we were called in and didn't know if she was going to make it and finally we were called in and she passed away and we were able to celebrate her life during that particular time frame my dad had actually moved up to to live with us because he was uh, declining um, time that uh, he, he faced a lot of difficulty COVID actually hit him pretty hard and uh, with diabetes he lost a leg to amputation, some other difficulties, and after several months with him suffering, we lost him. We had issues with jobs and life and family and situations that were just very difficult. Lots of things that I don't even have time to talk about this morning. But then just a few weeks ago, I was sitting in my house getting ready to go to church. My wife had already gone to work with the worship team, and I had stayed behind because a buddy was coming with me that particular morning. And as I sat and waited on him to meet me at the house, I felt like I had an elephant sitting on my chest. And I started praying, and I just said, Lord, you're going to have to help me this morning. It's time for church, and I've got to go to church. When my buddy got there, he said, "Uh, what's wrong? You don't look good. And I said, I don't know, but I feel like I have an elephant on my chest. And he said, I'm calling EMS. I said, no, don't do that. He said, it's not a a question. It's a comment. I'm calling EMS. They came over. They wanted to take me to the hospital. I said, no, I'll be fine here. And uh, you don't expect something like that. To hit you especially on a Sunday morning when you're getting ready for church so we've had quite uh, some up and down experiences over the last few weeks and months but here's the bottom line folks life happens life happens and life comes at us at a pace that we don't always understand that we don't always get and let's face it we're human life doesn't always treat us fairly and it's not always a lot of fun to deal with in fact, it, it, it sometimes is very difficult to deal with. But the good news this morning is that God will continue to work in you and us, in us, with us, and through us if we will submit ourselves to him and give our lives to him this morning. If we will let God, he will continue to do great things in our lives. Amen? Now, there's difficulty in life. We don't, we don't have to look very far but to, 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 to see the difficulty that's there. John 16, says that in this life you will have trouble or tribulation. But I want you to know today that when you leave this place that God will always take care of his children. No matter what we go through in life, God is always with us and he's always going to see us through. Amen? So I want to talk to you this morning about two simple words. 
Two simple words today, two three-letter words that will actually help to rearrange the trajectory of your life, and it will change your life for good. Those two words today, but God. Now, when you look at these two words, they actually connect in a strange sort of way. But, the word but is usually used as a, a coordinating conjunction in the English language. It's a conjunction, and it's usually a word that brings two thoughts or ideas together. And usually those thoughts or ideas are, are contrasting or contradicting ideas. And we can easily use the word in a sentence to illustrate the point, right? Alabama has won a number of national championships, and my wife is from Alabama. If Ben is here, Ben is from Alabama, and they would quickly say, roll tide. But, not the last two years. I happen to be a Georgia Bulldog fan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, we could also say that UT has not won a championship since 1998. But, they have a good chance of doing that this year. Somebody shout amen. Or we could say that since Lane Kiffin has entered into the college football picture at Ole Miss, right, that there is a chance. <laughs> pastor says, no, there's no chance. There's no chance. But God, Pastor, but God, right? Amen. The first word is but, it, con it, it connects to contradicting ideas. The second word is God. And I could easily leave it right there this morning, but I want to I wanna tell you a little bit about the God I serve, because the God that I serve is creator, he's sustainer, he's eternal, he's the father, he's supreme in all his ways, he's almighty, he's all powerful, he's all knowing, he's everywhere present, he's caring, he's loving, and he's the object of our faith. That's God. So when we put these words together today, they're connected in a way that helps us sort of gain some perspective as we begin to look at life and understand how life can be very, very different, in fact, much better with God. So the emphasis here is that situations often occur in life, but not always with the same outcome. Things happen at times, but they don't always happen or follow the same pathway. In fact, seasons come and seasons go, but they don't always have to end the same. They can be different, and they can be better because of two very simple words, but God. The conjunction but provides a contrast to our normal, everyday, status quo, run-of-the-mill life. And it tells us that if we live for God, that things can be very different because our life can be better. We need to understand that God is the difference maker and that the Bible says it this way, if God is for us, who can be against us? Amen? So let's look at the word today in Acts 7, 9 through 10. Let's read that and then I want to talk a little bit about the story of Joseph from Genesis 37 and following. Hear the word of the Lord this morning in Acts 7, 9 through 10. Because the patriarchs were jealous of Joseph, they sold him as a slave into Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all 
his troubles. He gave Joseph wisdom and enabled him to gain the goodwill of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So Pharaoh made him ruler over Egypt and all his palace. Now, here in Acts 6 and 7, Stephen had just been appointed as one of the seven elders over the house of God. He was one of the seven elders that was appointed to help take care of the church while the apostles focused on preaching and teaching and sharing the gospel. But as Stephen was called to this particular ministry, he started working for the kingdom and God began to sort of do some different kinds of things in him. God began to work miracles through Stephen. God began to show his favor to Stephen through signs and wonders. And that sort of angered some of the folks that he was talking to, especially some of the priests in the local synagogue. In fact, Stephen's enemies started throwing out lies and telling lies about him and stirring people up against him so they could try to arrest him and keep him from causing problems. And I'm sure it didn't help that Stephen was giving them sort of a a history lesson when he spoke in Acts 7 here. He was telling them about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He was telling them about Moses and and he was telling them about Joseph. He was telling them about the work that God had done through all of these men and about God's plan to continue to do work in the world currently. He told them how Joseph had faced difficulty but that God brought him out of that difficulty. And then he said it this way, but God was with him and I don't know if you understand it today I don't know if you know this or not today but I want you to know that no matter what you go through in life no matter what you deal with no matter what the circumstances are that may surround you in your life God is with you and God is able to see you through and and help you and encourage you and strengthen you and give you the ability to make a difference in the lives of others well In Genesis 37 and following, we get a little more detail from the life of Joseph. And and it's a great story, trust me. It's a great story because throughout the entire story, we see that God led Joseph every step of his journey. Now, it didn't turn out like Joseph was hoping it would. It didn't turn out exactly in an easy way. It wasn't one of those storylines that just gives you all the fluff and moves you little by little toward this wonderful story. No, there were issues. There were problems that Joseph faced. God didn't make it easy on Joseph, but God took Joseph through a particular journey to a place where Joseph had the ability to make an impact, not only in his family, but in his community. Joseph was the youngest son of Jacob. Jacob was quite old in his age when he had Joseph, and so Jacob was very proud of his son Joseph. In fact, all of the family, all of the older brothers, they knew that Joseph was the favorite. And they didn't like it very much, but they knew that Joseph was the favorite because Jacob had Joseph in his old age. And plus, they knew that Joseph was the favorite because Jacob handed him a coat, made a coat. And the Bible calls it a coat of many colors. And he gave that to Joseph to wear, his prized young son. Well, the teenager Joseph, as he moved on in life, had a dream one night. And as he had this dream, he was 
thinking about telling it to his brothers. He thought it was a good idea. And maybe it wasn't a good idea, but he did. He told this dream to his brothers. And the brothers didn't like it because they felt like from the dream that Joseph would be controlling them, leading them, lording over them. They didn't think that they wanted to serve their little brother. And then Joseph had a second dream. If, if, as if the first dream wasn't bad enough, Joseph had a second dream and he told his brothers and his father again. Jacob really sort of chewed Joseph out after hearing the story of the dream. Jacob said, what, how, how, can you, how can you say this? Do you think that we're all just going to bow down and serve you? They didn't understand, but Joseph was maybe in his youth telling some things that he probably could have and should have held on to. So his brothers tried to figure out a way to kill Joseph. They weren't just mad at him. They were very mad at him. They were so mad at him that they were ready to kill him, and they tried to figure out a way to get rid of him. So they thought they would probably just take his coat and find an animal and put some blood on it and give it to their dad and say, well, dad, something happened to our little brother. He must be gone. They actually dropped him down into a a holding tank called a cistern until they could figure out what they wanted to do with him. Not only did they do that, but they saw this band of gypsies coming by and they thought, wait, wait, one of the brothers who really didn't want to see Joseph die had this great idea. Let's just make some money off of him. let's, let's, Let's get some money off of him because that would be better than killing him. At least we get something out of it, right? So he was taken away and sold as a slave. But when he arrived in Egypt, he somehow found favor with the leader there. The leader was named Potiphar. In fact, not just the leader, but Potiphar's wife took a real liking to Joseph. Um, probably a little too much of a liking, right? They should have been, she should have been here for our marriage conference this past weekend, right? So she told lies about him because she made advances toward him and he said, no, I'm not going to do that. That's not me, and that's not what I should be doing. And, and so she grabbed his, his jacket, and when she grabbed his jacket, he kind of ran out of it and ran out so that he could escape the temptation and escape doing something that he shouldn't be doing. He was a good man. Well, Potiphar's wife didn't like that because she felt rejected, and so she told a bunch of lies on Joseph. She told lies to her husband, and her husband, Potiphar, had Joseph imprisoned. Well, he stayed there for a while and he really thought that the Lord had forgotten about him until one day he heard these two guys talking about dreams that they had had and they talked about these dreams and they said I wish we could find somebody to interpret these dreams well Joseph said I, I can interpret the dreams so the one guy that got out of prison remembered Joseph because later Two years later, in fact, Pharaoh had a dream, and Joseph was asked out of prison to come and interpret the dream, and he did just that. Joseph warned the the folks of a coming famine, a coming difficulty. So Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all of the, the, the storing of food that would prepare them for the famine that was coming. And it just so happened that Joseph's family during this particular famine was facing the same kind of difficulty, finding it hard to, to get food. 
And some of his brothers actually went to, to, to where Joseph was and where Joseph had stored up grain and food and got some grain from him. But Joseph recognized his brothers when they got there. Joseph recognized them and was probably a little nicer to them than I might have been, but he devised the plan to trick them because he wanted to get the entire family to come to be with him and to experience life together again in Egypt and to be safe. So Joseph's family was reunited in Egypt and saved from the famine and all of the difficulty that Joseph went through, all of the imprisonment, the years of difficulty, after that being placed in a place of prominence in the kingdom of Pharaoh, Joseph and his family lived together for the rest of their lives in the area of Goshen. Now near the time of his death, Joseph called his family together and he wanted to clear the air between them all. And Joseph sort of told them uh, that, that he had something to say to them. And what he said was actually going to be found in Genesis 50:20. Here's what he said. He said, you intended to harm me, but God, but God, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives that's what joseph said to everyone who doubted god's plan for him and for them that's what joseph said and maybe maybe some of you in here have doubted god maybe you've seen your life and your circumstances and maybe you've noticed that it hasn't gone exactly like you planned maybe you've even given up on anything good happening maybe you've given up on that job that you thought you were supposed to have or that family that 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 you thought you were supposed to have or the church that you thought you were supposed to be a part of or the community that you thought you were supposed to be a part of maybe you don't believe in yourself maybe you have no confidence in yourself maybe you've always considered yourself a nobody a misfit but god sees you as his precious child this morning god sees you as his beloved this morning but God knows you're a winner. God sees your ability, and not just your ability, but his ability in you that can come through you to make a difference in the lives of others around you. God sees his ability in you that can make a difference in a church, a community. God sees what's, what, what, what we can't see sometimes. God sees something that we don't understand because God has planted something within you. And I know God has plans for you. God's told us in his word that he has plans for us. Plans to prosper us, not to harm us. Plans to give us a hope and a future. God has great things in store for you as an individual. He has great things in store for us as his church. He has great things in store for the people of his kingdom. And even if we deal with some difficulty right now, even if we go through some trouble right now, in this life we may have trouble, but God has provided a way for us. And the way that God has provided for you, the way that he has set up for you is a place and a way and a pathway that he will give you the ability to make a difference in the lives of others. See, I don't know where you've been this morning. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know where you are in life. I don't know all of the things that you're dealing with, but I do know some things. I know that God loves you. 
And I know that God cares for you in ways that you cannot even fathom or imagine. I think God wants you to know this morning that you're his hero. You're his precious child. You're his beloved. You're not a misfit. You're not an outcast. You're not a piece of trash that can be thrown away. You are God's beloved. God's anointed. God's chosen. See, I don't even know what the stuff of life is thrown at you. I don't know where you are in life. I don't know what you've been through, what you're going through, or what you still have to go through to get to the place that God begins, can begin to open doors and, and, and open opportunities and give you the ability to do what he's called you to do. I have no idea why your life has happened like it has. There's a lot I don't know this morning, but there are some things that I do know. First and foremost, God wants a relationship with you, an intimate relationship with you. Romans 5, 8, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I know that God knows how to take care of you, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, Philippians 4, 19. And I know that God can even work miracles in your life. We've, we've sung about miracles this morning. Please don't think miracles are a thing of the past. God can work miracles in your life and he can take care of you. Jesus looked at them and he said, with man, this may be impossible, but with God, all things are possible. I want you to know that God has not forgotten about you today. No, the Lord himself goes before you and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged, says the Lord. God has plans for your life, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future or an expected end. God has a purpose for you for me that goes beyond anything that we might imagine now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us and when the enemy is throwing out lies like you like he did against Joseph when the enemy is throwing out lies like he did against Stephen and when he's stirring things up God's plan can still work for you because Joseph said you intended it for harm but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done the saving of many lives that's what Joseph had to say to his family and that may be the very thing that we have to say to others who might look at us and say you'll never amount to anything you'll never be anything you're no good we can look at them and with confidence because of the relationship that we have with God we can look at them and we can say you're wrong because God has plans for me. God has chosen me. God has delivered me time and time again. God has given me the victory. And regardless of what you say, regardless of what you feel about me, God is in control. And God is going to bring me to a place where I can make a difference in my world. I hope you hear this message loudly today. 
I hope you hear it and I hope you understand that God sent me up here today just to tell somebody that he's not forgotten about you, that he loves you with an everlasting love, that he has great things in store for you. You may face some tough times, but God will give you the victory, but God will see you through, but God will take care of you and everything is going to be all right because you're going to be a winner in Jesus. I'm going to say it like David said it, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can somebody say Amen. God is so good to us. And sometimes because of the circumstances and the situations of our life, we don't see how good he really is to us. But it came by to tell somebody this morning that God loves you. He's not forgotten about you. He knows you. He knows the number of hairs on your head. And with me, sometimes that's difficult to figure out. (laughs) He has loved you with an everlasting love. You're his child, his pride and joy, his prized possession. And he loves you enough to send me from Cleveland, Tennessee this morning to say to you, well done, my child. Hang on. Hang on, hang on, because good times are coming. Better times are coming. Better times are coming. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment this morning. And I want to ask, like I do every time I get behind the sacred desk, if there's somebody here today who doesn't know the Lord, there's somebody here today who maybe wants to rekindle your relationship or recommit your life to God this morning in a fresh new way I want to ask you right where you are if you'll just raise your hand say Jimmy I need more of God this morning or I want to give my life a fresh and anew to God this morning thank you anybody else thank you Lord thank you Lord anybody else this morning thank you Lord Amen. Amen. I want everybody to pray this prayer with me. Would you repeat after me? Lord, I love you this morning. I thank you for your love for me. God, I recommit my life to you in a fresh new way today. I give myself to you fresh and new and I want to be used by you I am your child I'm thankful for you daddy now God take me to places I've never been use me in only ways that you can use me I 
give myself to you. Amen. Can we give the Lord praise? And then I want to do something else as we close today. I want to ask Pastor Drew and Pastor Kristen to come up. I did that because she said she's not a pastor. And I want them to gather in the front, and I want you to come and join around them today. And I want you to lay hands on them, and I want us to spend time praying for them and their leadership at this church. Because I really, really deeply believe this morning that God has some wonderful things in store for this place. So as you gather around your pastor, your pastors this morning, I want us to pray that the Lord would just lift them, give them strength for the journey ahead, and give them strength for the work of the ministry that they're called to, and they're called to lead in this place. Would you join me in praying for them this morning? Lord, we're so thankful for the Moorhead family. I'm so thankful that you brought them to this place for such a time as this, oh God. Lord, I pray for Drew and Kristen this morning. I pray for their, their girls, their family. I pray for this church, oh Lord. And I pray, God, today that you would just strengthen them for the work that's ahead. God, you had a strong sense of calling that brought them to this place. And I pray, God, that you would let them see the results of that call to this place. That you would fortify them with a, a staff and a, a church and a, and a friend base and a family of God that would just commit to them and commit to the work that you give them for this church to do. I pray, God, that you would fortify them with the power of your Holy Spirit, God. I pray that you would strengthen them in the power of your might and not their own. That you would lift their arms and as their arms become weak, God, that you would send people to hold their arms up so that the work of the ministry and the work of the kingdom can continue to go forward. Lord, I pray that you would bless their leadership here. Not only, God, that you would bless their leadership here, but that you would let those who lead with them, and it's a, it's a large percentage of this congregation, that you would allow those who lead with them to lead with integrity, to lead with focus, to lead with passion, oh God. That you would draw them all to the place that you want them through prayer, and through thanksgiving, and through praise and worship and through giving of themselves to do great things in this community for your kingdom. But God, not just in this community. I pray, God, that the, the words that flow out of this place, the, the ministry that flows out of this place would become known globally, worldwide. That you would be able to see the work of Lifehouse impacting not just this community but the world. And I pray that you would let this day be a landmark. Let this day be a landmark that you have set this in motion. Let us build an altar, God, memorializing the work that you will do. And as we do, God, we pray that you will move us forward to impact 
to bring great things through the kingdom that we work for, through the God that we love, that you would allow us to bring great things in ministry and impact lives like we have never, never thought that we could do before. Give Pastor Drew and Kristen, give them boldness, God, to speak for you and to lead this congregation to great things in your kingdom. Not that their name may be great, not that this church's name may be great, but oh God, that the name of Jesus can be great. Do your work this morning, Lord. Set in motion a plan and a pathway to let your will be done on earth here as it is in heaven. We bless you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus. And give you praise and honor and glory for all that's done because we know that it's done through the precious name of your son, Jesus. We bless you today, O oh Lord. We bless you today, O oh Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Pastor Jimmy a hand. That was an amazing message. We appreciate you. Appreciate you for your leadership in our marriage conference, but also bringing that word this morning. And, and for everybody, before you get out of here, I, I know many of us come in here on Sunday mornings with a lot, a lot on our plate, a lot from our week, whether that is difficulties, frustrations, or, or maybe even you had a great week and you want to come and celebrate it. We carry a lot in here when we come on Sunday mornings. Uh, and then when we leave, sometimes it's an immediate thought of what we're going to have to deal with in the next week, right? It's Sunday and, and we're preparing for what's already going to be stressful or already going to be difficult or what's our schedule going to look like or, or what are those things going to look like, right? And I, I want to encourage you today that, that when you leave this place, give those things to God. You know, we heard this message today of but God. And the fact is, I don't know what seat you were sitting in this morning, but we encountered God this morning, right? And, and when you choose to come and encounter God, because he, he won't force that on you. But if you were here this morning, you encountered God because you chose to be here and you chose to engage and encounter and be a part of what's going on. And so when Pastor Jimmy talks about that but God mentality, that just happened. And so when you leave this place, don't forget that. Be changed by that encounter of God we had this morning. Let me pray for you and then we'll get out of here. Father, we're so thankful to encounter you. We're so thankful that in the worship, in the giving, in the praying, in the hugs, in the high fives, in the smiles, in the, in the message, in everything we did this morning, we felt your presence. And then as we leave here, that we would take that with us and we would take that encounter, that change that comes from being in your presence, that but God mentality, and not just apply it to our lives, but live it out in a way that under others wonder what happened. 
And then we have the opportunity to tell them about an amazing God, about a Jesus that loves us, that loves them, a Jesus that says they are his hero. That's the Jesus we know and we encountered. Let's go out there and show the world that. Lifehouse, I love you. Jesus loves you. You are his hero. Let's go show the world that. And in all of these things, Lifehouse said, y'all have an amazing rest of your week.